What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Hi, Dave here. Uh, before we get to this episode of The Cinemile, just a quick spoiler warning. There's a cameo in this movie, Hobson Shaw, um, of a pretty famous actor. If you don't want to know who that is, then watch out because Kathy spoils it before we get to Spoiler Street. If you don't care, I mean, it's nothing to be worried about, then crack on. If not, go watch the movie, come back and listen. To be honest, that actor actually spoils the end of Game of Thrones in this movie, ironically. So I feel like they don't really deserve this spoiler warning. But anyway, you have been warned. On with the episode. Hi, it's Dave here and this is my wife, Kathy. Hello! You're listening to The Cinemile where we walk home from the movies. Today, we're walking to a... a what's it called? A f- Hobbs and Shaw, A Fast and Furious Tale. The story. The, sto- uh, the Fast no and Furious... What it's called. Hobbs Fast... Hobbs Furious... It's an awful Two. title, Hobbs and Shaw. It's a terrible title for a movie. It's Hobbs and Shaw. Well, it's not a terrible title in that it's just their names, so it does what it. Yeah, but it's utterly meaningless. Says on the tin. Yeah, but they've also unless you're going to do like Holmes and Watson, like you can't do a duo's name. Name a more iconic duo <laughs> than Hobbs and Shaw. I can't. You can't I exactly. Just named one, Holmes and Watson, because they are they are the most famous duo action duo <laughs> of all time. It's now, a bit, sorry, we're being a bit a bit facetious here because. We genuinely enjoyed watching The Rock and Jason Statham. I think they were the highlight of Fast and Furious 8. Tokyo, Tokyo Drift. We did uh, a huge review of that last... Oh, uh, Fate and the Furious. Fate and the Furious. Was that it? We did a huge review of that last movie, including like a massive talk about the whole franchise um, a couple of years ago. So what we're going to do is repost that episode before we post this one. Yeah, to so, just save us having the same conversation again. So, so you've got you can uh, consume this however you like. You could jump uh, into your feed, and it'll be right under this episode, and you can listen to that first to get our full history of our <laughs> there was a lot of them. our relationship with the Fast and Furious family. Um, or you know, you could just listen to this. Yeah, and it not probably bother, doesn't matter. You know, you, or you or you could just turn this off. I couldn't even do remember what we had thought of the last movie because we saw it so long ago. So weirdly, I went back and listened to our own review, which is how I know we talked so much about it. Remind me what we thought of it. We thought that it was silly and too long. Even though there was fun bits, we thought it was overall quite poor. Except we both said the best thing about it was Jason Statham and The Rock, <laughs> which I'm guessing well, was the general. Well, was good in it as well. Yeah, I but we were like, as a duo, like, and just in general, they were kind of the only things that made the movie feel different from any of the other ones. Yeah. So... I think clearly that was probably the general market consensus because I mean, they've now got well, their yeah. own movie. It or did, else they listened to the cinema. It did before they commissioned yeah, this movie. They were like they definitely make a lot of their decisions <laughs> based on what we say. Um, I think I remember feeling, and I didn't listen back to our review, so this is me reaching back into the depths of my memory. I remember thinking that uh, it felt like Vin Diesel was in a different movie to them. Yeah, they were having fun and um, they were having wasn't. fun and he was like it's almost like Vin Diesel takes this super seriously and everyone else is just having a laugh and famously they don't get on um, Vin Diesel and The Rock really? won't be on screen together 
they hate each other and Vin Diesel is furious that this movie exists is Vin Diesel in this movie? I don't can't say for certain but I doubt it because there's a lot of behind the scenes shenanigans going on ooh I mean I haven't even seen a trailer for this um, I did say at the end of our other review that I was never going to go and see one of these movies again and I stand and by that are. because I meant a Fast and the Furious movie this however this is, is a Hobbs a Fast and, and Shaw Furious movie. this is a no, Hobbs and Shaw movie no you're not you're not getting this loophole <laughs> it has the words Fast and Furious in the title no it's a Hobbs and Shaw movie no it's not it's a Hobbs and Shaw movie second so Oh no wait It's Hobbs and Shaw That's the name of the movie It's Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw Yeah so it's Hobbs and Shaw Like Walter presents The bridge But it's still the bridge Walter just presents it Except Walter presents His Channel 4 And the bridge is on BBC Right so ignore that You know that Channel 4 Strand they do For foreign drama Walter will present A foreign drama no. Alright, anyway, we're totally off track. What are you talking we need about? to go. We're going to All our right. favourite cinema. They do the absolute best popcorn in the world. Light cinema. Uh, so I'm just super pumped for the it. Light. Is the light cinema. We're going to the light cinema in Adelson, might get some pizza, uh, and I'm definitely having a glass of red wine. Yeah, sounds good. Right. If anyone so, cares. I mean, you don't care. You're all listening cares. to our Fast and Furious this 8 review. It's going to be 2 hours and 15 minutes, which is 15 minutes shorter than the last one. So, fingers crossed it's good. Okay, bye. Bye now. Our target's name is Brixton. He's a ghost. We're going to need the best trackers in the business. Luke Hobbs. I'm what you call an ice-cold can of whoop-ass. Career lawman. Always gets his guy. We're going to need to operate outside the system. Deckard Shaw. I'm what you might call a champagne problem. Rogue former MI6 agent. Doesn't play well with others. If we stand a chance against Brixton, you guys have to work together. No way. This guy's a real ass. This job requires stealth. I'm trying to save the world, which, for the record, will be my fourth time. Hi, we're back. We just saw Hobbs and Shaw, the Fast and the Fast and Furious spin-off. Hub, Fast and Furious spin-off saga presents Hobbs and Shaw. Kathy, are you done? What did you think of the the Hobbs and Shaw movie? I enjoyed myself Oh wait no Let's do a synopsis Everyone everyone else has asked us To do synopsis Because if you're not Going to go see this You're going to want to know What this is about right So allow me Lawman Luke Hobbs And outcast Deckard Shaw Form an unlikely alliance When a cybergenetically enhanced Villain Threatens The future of humanity Which sounds like that That sounds like The back of a Um a NES video game from the 80s like Double Dragon style that sounds like the sort of ridiculous farcical B-movie one sentence description of a nonsensical action video game that you used to get back then with awesome artwork Um, and I mean that as a compliment because that's an awesome sentence anyway sorry what do you think of it? I really enjoyed it like I enjoyed myself um, you enjoyed yourself I enjoyed Like I had fun at the cinema But 
You had fun at the cinema. Yeah, I was enjoying right, myself. Well, let's wrap it up there. But, Thanks everyone for listening. But I was we had just fun think, at the I, cinema. I kept thinking. Let's I'm glad they've moved on from the Fast and the Furious traditional format. Oh, right? oh, they haven't moved on. I'm just. Can I finish my point? So, okay. So they've moved on in the sense that this is like very much like a buddy cop thing, and it's also very much like a spy thing. Um. So in that sense, I, I like that. But I just kept throughout the movie thinking, I wish I was at a Mission Impossible movie. Oh. Because that's what this is trying to be. And it's just nowhere near it. And, so interesting And I think if that. I'd never seen a Mission Impossible, I might have enjoyed some of the breaking elements of this and the plotting. But they just felt so pedestrian. And, exactly and just really... They just didn't work. I mean, I think partially... Actually, it's probably not. It's probably the same age as a Mission Impossible movie. It just felt like it thought the audience was much dumber than a what Mission do you mean Impossible. The same age, the same. Uh, like the same classification. I didn't. I didn't get the classification, but it must be similar. This felt very PG thirteen. I mean, there was a lot there of kids swear in our screening, and um, the violence was um, not bloody. But, but regardless, it just it felt like to me like it, it, it wasn't. Given how many of those movies we've had, this wasn't very well done. Some elements of it. Um, I really, really enjoyed Jason Statham and The Rock together. Like, I think they're brilliant on screen. They have brilliant chemistry. I really enjoyed Idris Elba, who I didn't know was in it, so that was quite fun. And then I thought Vanessa Kirby was brilliant as Jason Statham's sister. She may have been in the last movie. I don't remember. No, but do you know what movie she was in last? Mission Impossible. Was she? Fallout. Yeah. She was um, Max's daughter. Don't remember that. Um... But what made me laugh out loud was when they introduced her as Jason Statham's sister, right? So um, before we meet her, we see a video kind of flashback of a young Jason and, and his sister. And there's no more than five years age gap, right, between these two kids. His sister... I know Jason Statham is in his 50s, right? <laughs> Go on. And is he? Yeah. It so well I for googled her age after we left the cinema because I just thought this is ridiculous. So he's fifty-two and she's thirty-two. <laughs> so they're trying to do that thing that they always do with romantic leading males, <laughs> where they'll be like, "Oh, look at this couple. They're kind of the same age, and it makes perfect sense that they're together." And the man's twenty years older than the woman. They've taken it one step further and done that with siblings who were apparently roughly the same age as kids, and it's utterly ridiculous. This is like when uh, Angela Lansbury played Elvis's mother, yeah, exactly. and they were and they were she was five years it's older ridiculous. than Elvis. <laughs> Also, The Rock is like must be pushing fifty, is he? Uh, I don't and know. Idris definitely is. You were the one doing so the Google age. Of all these very middle-aged men, and they're, the movie's trying to posit that they're the same age as this woman. Anyway, I thought it was ridiculous, but I thought she was brilliant. Yeah, she um, was great. I thought every scene she was in, she stole the show. I thought she was an amazing physical actress; like she did such a good job in the stunts. Yeah, and the, I mean, I'm sure she probably did a stunt double, but she was amazing. Um, so that, yeah, it, I, I've had lots of good things to say about it. What about you? It felt like she was doing more work than they were, in, physic- physically wise. It did feel like that. Right? Yeah. I mean, it felt like that. I mean, it felt like maybe that's just because we're not used to a woman being so right. kick ass. I gotta say, overall, I liked this. I had fun. I thought it was a. I thought it was a good laugh. It's too. It is too long. Yeah, for sure. It's too flabby. Long. Um, I think you nailed it so perfectly comparing it to Mission Impossible and it's an unfair comparison in a way but it's a mo- it, it's a it invites the comparison it's exactly though. it's a it, it, this movie has has one of the writers of Rogue Nation as a co-writer 
Oh, it's really? got Vanessa Kirby and it wants to be a slick, cool spy thing with interesting action. It is, yeah, begging for that comparison and it pales. I mean, I would never try and make a movie in this vein that's in any way well, similar to it. Well, you can't. It's interesting, okay? So there's two... There's two actions. There's another action movie comparison I'm going to make. Um, so you've got Mission Impossible, which is Christopher McQuarrie, probably the one of the greatest living action directors around, and Tom Cruise, a man who will up the ante on every movie about ways to put himself in danger to make the most realistic action scenes possible. And then you have the director of this movie, Hobson Shaw, who's David Lech who is responsible for some of the best action movies around. He co-directed John Wick. He uh, directed Atomic Blonde. Um, I really like Atomic Blonde. And and Atomic Blonde and John Wick are good... are the other examples I'm going to make compare this movie to. Because those are two very... uh, movies with very accomplished action choreography and David Letch himself is a choreographer well it's interesting because I thought the hand to hand fighting in this was really good as opposed to the big set pieces with the cars and stuff wasn't very good See, I, I and maybe that's just the, I think the apparent from opposite. this direction oh. I completely think the opposite what I about the rain sequence I thought that was awesome no I, it wasn't I don't think so I think that it relied on um, slow motion raging bull style um um, action which isn't interesting as opposed to very complex action choreography this was all cuts and, and wobbly Paul Greengrass style action choreography for the most part this movie was there's, there's the movie doesn't have a lot of confidence in its in, in its performers performing this choreography which begs me to believe if you've got a director who's capable of doing that kind of action as we saw him get out of Charlize Theron I think and I don't know because I'm, I wasn't there but I feel like The Rock and Jason Statham either weren't willing to do the level of work required to to get the, to get the kind of action choreography that Keanu Reeves gives in every, in every John Wick movie or the or the or somebody else determined that they weren't capable or they tried and just weren't getting the, the those levels of like intense long take choreography um, and I guess it just wasn't maybe he just doesn't want to do the, the same thing and yeah, he wants to do different ma- stuff I mean they needed maybe. a lot of car sequences given the audience at this but I see, see this is again where I disagree with you because I f- was really engaged in all the car stuff and I liked that they had all that in it because it connected it to well they had to have Fast it. and yeah. Furious but again the and car stuff I kept thinking oh the car chases and the motorbike chases and Mission Impossible are way better than this like I can always from from start to finish it's very unusual for me to be able to kind of engage with motor chases right I get bored Mission Impossible from start to finish we're always really into them these ones I was really disengaged Yeah, the bike again. chase in, um, in Mission Impossible Fallout last yeah. year is leagues above anything in this movie. And there's an amazing helicopter thing in Mission Impossible as well, which I couldn't help compare to the helicopter thing in this. Like, It's like borrowing a lot. Obviously, none of them are unique ideas, but it happened to have so many things that were in the last Mission Impossible movie. I know. That were and so much better. And and that's why I think if I was younger, because um, there's loads of young people in our audience who were really, really liking it, Like, I mean like, tw- like pre-teen, 
Yeah, it's that... brilliant. It's really good for that audience. You know, it's just I think there were a lot of kids there, weren't and there, it's with fun, their parents? Yeah, which is kind of nice. And it's feel... school holidays. It makes sense. I feel like this is kind of a fun movie to bring a twelve or thirteen year old yeah, to. I think it's so. safe. Um, it's safe, enjoyable action, and the the comedy actually because this is very leans very heavily on the comedy particularly because that's the whole dynamic of the two of them but it feels juvenile which I was going to say I wasn't really engaged with but if I was a 13, 14 year old um, I probably would think like bald jokes are, are funny and I mean the kids were laughing their heads off in our audience huge, and like, I was laughing too because it's fun to be in an audience and have people laughing huge, like, that's a nice huge feeling. anus as an alias I mean it's the kind it's the kind of jokes that literally you, you huge think anus, are I miss that. when you're 12 I totally missed that. And my cock small or whatever. It's, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like penis like, jokes, which uh, felt very old-fashioned, but in a kind of charming. Yeah, way. kind like, of works. This movie has, relies on these two big lumbering mid-tier sort of action heroes, <laughs> and they can carry it. Like they're really good. together They can carry it. They're good together. They're fun together. I thought at times the movie pushed them a little too far with the ba- with the banter. Like some of the scenes of them bantering went on so long and some of the jokes weren't landing they were my favourite scenes right um, and no spoilers but there's a scene where they're kind of in close confinement bantering and I could have watched that all night like I was like this is my favourite part of the movie the scene um, and one of the things to be fair was really fun there was a really good fight scene with Jason Statham it's not a spoiler again and he's like fighting with the toaster <laughs> like that was fun Like I enjoyed that as a prop um, but yeah, I, that was good. There's that was some, fun. Like, there's fun stuff in this. There is some. There's some interesting stuff in here, and I thought the whole. I actually think the whole end of this movie was worth it. This movie gets better, and actually, yeah, it's a good ending. The the whole third act was really well. I know. I know. I said the the sort of hand to hand fight scene. I didn't think were choreographed well, but on a grand scale, the way that whole action sort of um, scene from beginning to end, say the the final action scene. Was, was really cute. well laid out and was very enjoyable to watch and silly, which is what you kind of also want from a Fast and the Furious movie. But you know what it did silly, better than a Fast and the Furious action. movie? Yeah, the action was silly and enjoyable. But like, that's uh, what I want. You know the way like we always like all Fast and the Furious movies because all they talk about is family. And they made really this movie annoying about family. This movie is actually about family. Yeah, so it's not just <laughs> a group of like doofuses going, "You're my family." It's like, no, you're actually not related. This is while drinking Coronas on a rooftop. This is really about always. Jason Statham and The Rock connecting with their families, and I enjoyed that. There was also some good, like, kind of cameos. I don't think they're cameos. Like, they are cameos. Ryan Reynolds is that a cameo? Hang on, hang on, whoa, 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 whoa! Save it for Spoiler Street, honey. Okay, will we just go to Spoiler Street? Let's go to Spoiler Street. Some okay. people don't want, might not want to know these things. Um, okay, I mean, he's in like multiple scenes of the movie, though. It's not like a one, yes, the one movie and done. they haven't seen yet, which is the whole point of spoilers. Okay, we're on spoilers. So I'll put a spoiler warning at the top. The, um, um, yeah, there was a cameo. I, I, that's definitely a cameo. No, I wasn't expecting that. But this is the director of Deadpool 2, so that it wasn't a big surprise that he did show up. Um, but I thought I thought he was doing his usual Ryan Reynolds shtick, and I liked it. It was funny. Does he is he wary of being so typecast now? I wonder. But everyone in this movie is typecast. It's literally this movie may as well not have been called Hobbs and Shaw because I couldn't te- I couldn't <laughs> before going into this movie I couldn't have told you which one was which. Well, how would you have known before this movie? To be fair, 
because I've seen Hobbs them. is the rock Shaw's Jason Statham I learned in this movie but that's my point you don't know the movie should be called The Rock and Jason Statham it may as well be called that it's uh, co-starring Ryan Reynolds playing Ryan Reynolds and Kevin Hart as Kevin Hart like they're not these aren't <laughs> these aren't actors with range they're just and they're, their names are actually bigger than the characters is my point like we showed up for The Rock and we showed up for Jason Statham. It's not a Hobbs yeah, and Shaw like movie. These Do you know what I mean? Why are you being so argumentative with me? I'm just about saying, this like, tiny point I'm making. I'm just saying, that's oh, that's like not just movies. most movies these days because um, it was literally your problem. James with the Lion Bond King. is bigger than Daniel Craig, for instance. Yeah, but James Bond's a you franchise that's been running for like half a century. Yeah, but that's that's exactly my point, <laughs> Kathy. Why are we having this this pointless <laughs> argument? Know, I'm saying married. I'm saying that the name <laughs> the name James, of the we're actors. Down the residential street, and it's really you're being really loud. The name of the actors is are bigger than the name of the fictional characters. Was the point I'm making? Well, obviously, the and you were saying you no. That's the case for every movie. No, I'm just saying in a movie called Hobbs and Shaw, that was always going to be the case because no one's ever heard of Hobbs and Shaw. But we have heard of Hobbs and Shaw because it's the ninth Fast and the Furious <laughs> yeah, movie. But they're what never, do you they're want from me? Characters, they're like Fast and the Furious is a franchise that has like a hundred characters in every movie. I don't know even Vin Diesel's name in those movies. His name is Vin Diesel, <laughs> I think. <laughs> is <he> Vin- <laughs> Why is his um, name in that? I don't see. That's my point. Like, it's such a huge ensemble. How could you? Right, I'm going to come back um, to that. What else do we want to talk about? I've oh, yeah, so the scene I, I mentioned about. was the plane scene. I really enjoyed them in the plane scene. Until Kevin Hart showed up. And yeah, then I was Kevin worried. Hart ruined it. Yeah. What, like, it just was, like, he, he quite, like, literally just shoehorned himself into the yeah. conversation and the movie. And then was just doing his usual stick, which I'm kind of cold on, to be honest. Um, what else? Oh, come on! Can we talk? Can we talk about the um, this chain of cars dragging down the helicopter? Because that was amazing. That was really fun. That was really great. That was really and the whole. I loved the whole Samoa thing. I loved yeah, the I Rock's mum. I loved his brother. I loved the whole chop shop thing. I thought the movie kind of came to life when they went to Samoa. Yeah, I thought that as well. I really liked it. And obviously The Rock's very heavily involved in producing this movie. And it looked like they really went there as well, didn't it? And was that... that it was um, When they go there, it, it sounded exactly like the same singer that sings on Moana. It sounded... On I mean, it sounded very like Moana. Um, but we listen, we've but listened to that like, soundtrack in and out, and I swear it's the same singer. Well, look, it's from the same, like general region the music but I, I can't no, but say that I think it's the same singer it, I, it could be you're right they sounded very similar but, his, but that man's voice sounded the same it is what I'm saying it very similar um, alright two things two things that I that this movie did that I am tired of yeah and the Fast and Furious movie movie series have become quite famous and being very lazy in many regards and this is two of those things for instance the last movie being about fucking hackers and trying to whatever, whatever giant leagues of hackers well turn this to Jason Statham and his sister are both amazing hackers they can do everything this movie villain it did the tired formula now of villains trying to save the earth through genocide which we've seen with Thanos it was in um, it's in everything it's in it's just like it's this movie's a little a few years too late for that I think um, so it's a kind of an interesting uh, concept that is not that this movie just 
copied and pasted from somewhere else and spent no time developing. I mean, there because also, no, like, Idris Elba was completely copied and pasted from a million movies. Idris Elba is is doing the best he can yeah, here great. with nothing to do, mm-hmm. really. I mean, he's he has a he has a physicality and he delivers his lines very well, but really, he's just. He's just a literally well, he's like the cybernetically character, and enhanced. he's playing yeah a woundy character, yeah. and he's he's a good enough actor that he still added charisma and screen presence to it. And yeah, I mean, I enjoyed his performance. I think it did as much as he could. I thought it was like really cool when he was like, "I'm the Black Superman," and like I thought it was really yeah, cool the way he was genetically. He seemed to be genetically attuned to his motorbike. Oh, it seemed to respond to his thoughts. I loved all that, that was stuff. Cool, yeah. That was awesome. The way his, um, the, the way he slid. There's some amazing looking stuff here where he slides his motorbike under those two lorries. Yeah, that was. And really then somehow cool. contorts his body. <laughs> Jason and the motorbike. drives the car under a lorry. That was a bit. I was like, I'm totally into this movie. Like, I'm just really enjoying this sequence. So that was really fun. It really annoyed me the way when they're all in the cars doing those like mental chases. Like nobody wears seatbelts. And at one point, Jason Statham says to his sister, "Hold on." And they like jump over a cliff or something in their car. She should have been. She falls out of the car and she's hanging at the side. And I'm like, what did you think would happen? Like, you no seatbelt on, and your brother's driving like that. Ridiculous. And the other thing it did that really annoyed me, like logistically, like that, is um, very similar to criticism I had of the previous movie. This whole sequence is where people are talking to each other, where you're like, this makes no sense, right? At one point, there's a five car pileup. The rocks at the very end of it, and someone else at the very top, and the rocks like hanging off a helicopter. And he speaks an instruction to somebody. He doesn't even like shout. And the guy just does it. And another point, the rocks on the back of the truck being hauled up by the helicopter. Yeah, and they're just having a conversation. She's having a conversation. Like there's a a helicopter (laughs) over their heads, which would be deafening to all involved. Like people in the helicopters have to talk to each other through like mics and headphones. And they're sitting next to each other. Never mind, there's Um, also truck noise. (laughs) There's truck noise. And they're just like having the (laughs) bands. Now, admittedly, maybe they have earpieces in because you do see them put in earpieces at the beginning. They really didn't. And then my favourite bit of that it's whole a very sequence action um, movie the rock at one point actually holds the helicopter <laughs> with the ropes <laughs> that was so good he's, and actually one he's other, stronger than a helicopter the other thing that was really cool at the very start was um, <laughs> or kind of in the first act you know when Idris Elba and the baddies all break into this class building to kind of kidnap Jason Statham's sister Vanessa yeah. Kirby and they all jump out of the windows at the same time and kind of start going down a rope down the building and then the rocks like jumping on top of them and Jason Statham's in an elevator that was a really good sequence as well I really enjoyed all it that it was a good sequence except it's the whole thing is in the trailer oh see I never like, I don't think you should watch trailers for movies like this yeah and that's never the thing it. and it was an enjoyable uh, little moment when I saw it the first time and then I've seen it eight times yeah, since then yeah um, so that ruins it for you doesn't it but um, that was but they, they did a, the movie plays the movie plays them um does that trick quite a lot as in taking which I thought they did effectively taking an action scene and having the two of them have two different approaches to the action scene and having them sort of compete against each yeah, other yeah it was really good like Jason Statham just gets in a lift like why would you jump down a building yeah so that's, that, really that's good. a good example there was the other one where they're breaking into the, the facility in the Ukraine and they each pick a door and he says you know oh you got the one with all the baddies behind it and then the rock gets the tall guy and then they're just watching each other through this glass and constantly competing. I'm pretty sure that a sequence very like that is in the last movie, but they're in a prison together. Yeah, they escape from a prison together. It's yeah, the they're same. Like looking. It's to... the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then but okay, the, but, the, but the, the movie knows they know what to do with 
Yeah. With The Rock and Jason Statham, and they just kind of repeat it over and I over again. But it's a good formula. They fi- they kind of have it figured out the formula. And, and clearly, it's the actors like enjoy working together, which now makes me wonder. Right, so Finn Diesel hates The Rock, but The Rock and Jason Statham are clearly bezies because they basically produced this movie to star in together. Does that mean now, by association, Finn Diesel hates Jason Statham? I mean, we, we, we need can, to find this out. We can only speculate. We need to find this out. Okay, and I have one more thing to say, and then you say the rest of your points. Yeah. And I've noticed this now forever in movies, and I'd really like if someone could point me out as being wrong. The Rock is a sexless entity in movies. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. He always has a kind of love interest. <laughs> and then when it comes down to it, in this movie, they had one, now a peck. Like a peck, like you'd kiss your grandmother kind of a peck. In Skyscraper with his wife was a very similar thing. In Baywatch it was a similar thing. In fact, any rock movie that I can think of, and we go and see them all because we love the rock in this podcast, it's always the case he has this, like... Because he's got insane chemistry with everyone. He's got it with Jason Statham, he's got it with Vanessa Kirby, he's even got it with Idris Elba. So... It's weird. It's like the. It's but he like rarely has sexual chemistry. That's as, what and, I mean. It's like yeah. it's a clause in his contract. What was the other one we saw about the the apes a couple of years ago? It was the same thing in that one. Um, what ape? Oh, um, rampage. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like it's in they, his contract. Like I will never have actual physical contact, like sexual contact. I don't with think anyone. he's ever been in a sex scene. Um, I can't picture I, it. And I actually wrote down because I knew you were going to bring this really? up. Really? I wrote down the Rock has a kiss in this movie, <laughs> which is rare. You rarely actually. And you, 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 sometimes he has love interests, but it rarely like culminates in, in a peck any the actual physical t- <laughs> contact. This is the sexiest scene the rock ever been in. And then they didn't even. I kind of thought, okay, well they're gonna like, okay, obviously I'm a romantic. I wanted them to end up together. And um, but at the very least, I thought we might get another scene with them, like kind of as payoff to the romance. And then we just got nothing. I mean, I'll, I'm going to wildly speculate again as the reasoning behind this, but I think you're sexless right. Sexless clause in the contract. I think sexless clause sums it up <laughs> it's nicely. It's like in Sex in the City, right? All of the actresses used to get their bras off, except Sarah Jessica Parker, because it was in her contract. Yeah. The Rock is taken down to the end of the degree, and he refuses to even like do more than a peck. But that's because The Rock knows his own brand so well. And he's a PG thirteen brand. Yeah, but you can be and a PG thirteen brand and like have your arm around someone or like have gross. any sort of romantic. Like it's, disgusting. It's just unusual. That's all I have to yeah, say. Yeah, no, it. look, I, I, it's probably a little bit. It's interesting. Overboard, I'm going to go on IMDb, go through every movie he's ever been in, and figure out if he's ever actually been in a proper kissing scene. Kathy's uh, going to do a spin-off <laughs> podcast, which is the uh, the, the rock. The, what is it? The rock. The rock sex unwrapped. Que- the rock sex quest. No, the rock unwrapped. The rock unwrapped. No, the rock undressed. Oh, that's good. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll he's always undressed, like. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch naked, but never Kathy at the rockundressed.podbean.com. <laughs> um, I don't really have much else to say except the end credits sequence, of which there were too many. Oh, my God, I cried at the end. They stopped. What? Oh, yeah. when, when Helen Mirren saw the two of them. Was I cried. When... Then they did the split screen. It was actually too much for me when Helen Mirren cried. It was too much for when you, her t- was it? kids came in because at the start, like, I was like, oh, God, I'd hate if I had kids who were feuding. And then at the same time, The Rock's daughter meets her granny in Samoa. And I thought those two things are really wonderful. So I cried. Yeah, but they've all seemed to have forgotten about Luke Evans, their other brother. Like, it, it, Wait, it just is seems Luke like... Luke Evans their brother? Yeah, that was in the last oh, no, movie. No, he said, or the he one said before to Idris Elba, you made me kill my brother. And I went, huh? I knew you wouldn't remember that. I didn't know what he was talking about. Actually, no, I'm sorry. You didn't see that movie. I saw it without you years ago when we saw it in Australia. Yeah, but that was a cameo. He was the. He clearly wasn't dead, like. He was. Hang on. 
Who cares? Who cares? Jason Statham Dave, shows cares? up in Fast and Furious 6, I think, is the villain. And then the seventh one, he's a good guy. Dave, or doesn't matter. Oh, maybe I've got Stop. that wrong. Stop. It doesn't matter. Anyway, there's so many. Um, but also, Jason Statham kills one of the main characters in The Fast and the Furious. In the movie, he was the villain in. A horrible, horrible villain who point-blank kills Han the main character from Tokyo Drift which nobody seems to address Dude, or have nobody forgotten cares. about except for a passing line where he, in this movie where he says uh, I've, done I've, done, bad things. I've done some bad things <laughs> while I was on the run like murdering someone in cold blood for no reason yeah but also speaking of their complete disregard for like casual pedestrians and like innocent bystanders the chase they do through the streets of London again like horrific like just like in the last movie like if I was I know, like on we, London we, Bridge we live here like that could have been us literally it's like yeah you're cheering for them and then you kind of look at the absolute destruction and devastation around them like it's an interesting <laughs> franchise that the central characters are supposed to be our heroes in like a PG-13 world are so callous and around also, like innocent bystanders I'm wife. sorry I've, I've driven in London there's no way you can have a high speed chase <laughs> with the levels of traffic really that are currently do you pay a congestion charge <laughs> yes good question also his Lamborghini showed up out of nowhere what do you mean? They, he, they got a lift out of a building and then had his Lamborghini. That was no, his own sh- bulletproof no, no, Lamborghini. at the very start of the movie in the split screen, getting into it from his garage. Yes, well, how how and where did it just show up after he oh, jumped valley. out of the building? Okay, anyway, my last thing was those credit... This is a really interesting instance where the end credits of this movie spoil the end of Game of Thrones which we won't spoil here oh my god which I thought was weird and I the whole running Game of Thrones joke wasn't funny and wasn't funny was trying to be really it felt like the writers trying to be really clever or maybe Ryan Reynolds and The Rock threw it in on the day but anyway it was painfully cringe they kept it running and then he straight up like Spoils the ending of a show that only ended what uh, three months ago. Yeah. Like, what's the why? You know, we, I think we're we're probably okay now to spoil the sixth sense. Like, there's the the statute of limitations is up on the end of that movie. Yeah, but look, you have but to understand with Game of Thrones. There's people who haven't seen Game of Thrones. There's people who haven't seen it, but but to be fair, Game of Thrones is this weird phenomenon where within 24 hours of it airing, something like 90 percent of people who will ever watch it have already seen it. Okay. Does that make it okay no, and to I'm just saying, drop it in a my movie? My issue wasn't the spoiler, right? My issue was... Well, I thought the spoiler was weird. But my bigger issue was, why would you date stamp your movie like this? You know, it's yeah. like when you watch those kind of bro comedies from the noughties and like if you kind of flick one on on TV now, they're so dated because they're referencing things that are very specifically like from that year. And this like what, movie did that. Like an example. Oh, you know, oh, you know the kind of movies like, like... Dude, Where's My Car? Those kind of movies... And then, like, another movie references it. Oh, and you're like, or, why are you or, referencing things from that year? Or if you watch Scary Movie. Well, yeah, but look, that's a parody. That's slightly different. No, I no, no, but Parodies Airplane is a parody, and that's got very few references. Yeah, that's Whereas timeless. Scary Movie has a, um, a piss take of the Budweiser ad. Waza! Yeah, exactly. Like, you if you showed that to a kid, no, no, just, no, what Yeah, that I just means? thought it was weird, and I think you're probably right about them riffing, because the initial Game of Thrones comment made sense in that his daughter went... 
his daughter looked at like the CIA report and said, "Oh, this is nothing. I've seen Game of Thrones." And like that's yeah, kind of which funny. is a fine throwaway gag that they then thought, and "Let's then the run rock with goes, it." You know nothing, which you should have left it at that. And then he goes, "Jon Snow." I was like, "Well, no, you wouldn't call her Jon Snow because <sighs> she's your daughter." Um, anyway, yeah, totally agree. Game of Thrones stuff was bizarre, and every time it did it, it like took me out of the movie, it made me like cringe because it was so weird and like so try hard. It was exactly like someone in his kind of late forties <laughs> trying to be tent with the kids. <laughs> pretty much what it felt like yeah and, and and some of the comedy felt like this the comedy was a little hit and miss yeah but overall was carried by just the natural charisma of the who plays the rock's the rock brother because that was really annoying Luke Evans no no the rock's brother oh the rock's Samoa. brother oh oh my god I forget the I'm actor's name i googling He's, it and um, it won't it, Google is like you won't guess the cameos in Fast and Furious I'm like no what's his name oh, oh great yeah. so, so Google's like nobody will guess them and you're fucking dropping no, them I, like spoilers no, like it's I hot I do not consider it a cameo for someone to be in at least four scenes of a movie like over the course of a movie but can't you admit that the whole point of a cameo is a surprise he wasn't billed wasn't in any of the, the trailers he's a I huge name I didn't know that I didn't watch the trailers okay fine but like you've got to be a bit more careful um, Ironically, this happened in our last Fast and the Furious re- review. Only I know because I listened to it earlier. You said I spoiled Luke Evans. Yeah, you're on a hot streak. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's, let's wrap it up. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We are The Cinemile. If this is your first time listening to us, uh, please subscribe. Um, yeah, head over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, review. Yeah, we'd love that. Um, and leave us a review. We'd love if you could all leave us a review if you haven't already because it just helps us so much uh, to keep this thing going but come on Twitter the cold Facebook shovel. or Instagram and talk to us at the Cinemile or we're at the Cinemile at gmail.com yes let's go inside we are, we've been kind of just wandering outside our house for a bit <laughs> bye um, one last thing um, this is now the Fast and the Furious universe I guess because they're trying to do the MCU thing right are so they? what do you call it what do you mean what do you call it as in it's, it's, it's a cinematic universe right now that's what they're trying to do that's what they're doing end credit sequences or they always do that so is it like because we have the MCU which is the Marvel Cinematic Universe so is this the FFU I mean, FFS FFCU it could be I don't think that's going to take off but good luck to you that was our little after credits <laughs> sequence there alright come on let's go home bye you can say bye bye <laughs> I already said bye and then you started weirdly talking about the MCU yeah this is the after credit sequence this is where we go inside the house and, and Mark commodes <laughs> okay. there and he says well, I'm putting a team together okay bye <laughs> you had to open your big mouth didn't you huh yeah I thought it was a cool thing to say in the moment <laughs>